Welcome to Deep Dive Radio. I'm your host, Alan James. This show is dedicated to revealing the truth that lies beneath the surface. Are you ready for the truth? Then join me now for another exciting episode of Deep Dive Radio. Okay, it's Sunday morning, May 14th, 2023. All right, so we've got an exciting episode for you today, folks, because we're going to have three doctors on here that are experts in the field of Alzheimer's disease and how their work has given us hope to end this hideous disease. Episode 12, Reversing Alzheimer's. All right, so let's get down right down to the nitty-gritty, okay? Uh, first up is Dr. Dale Bredesen. He's a UCLA professor in the Department of Molecular and Medical Pharmacology, and he's the author of The End of Alzheimer's. So to give you an idea of the success that Dr. Bredesen has had treating Alzheimer's, let's take a listen uh, to a clip of a story that was recently done on his work on CBN News. Take a listen. A number of Alzheimer's patients are describing how they regained their memory after starting the Bredesen Protocol. It's not a drug. Instead, it's a number of lifestyle changes, including diet, exercise, and much more, each designed to address the approximately 40 different causes of Alzheimer's. Over 2,000 people are currently on the plan. Clinical trial results released in 2020 showed 84% of planned participants with mild cognitive impairment experienced improved cognition. 12% continued to decline and 4% showed no change. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. Uh, maybe this is too good to be true. And you know what they say about too good to be true? If it's too good to be true, then it's probably not true. But in this case, as you're going to hear, it is true. Here's what a couple of Bresnan Protocol patients had to say. Take a listen. I have lived in this town in um, the foothills of Georgia for 20 years. And I would run into people in shops who knew me very well. And Lori, I had no idea who they were. Um, my personality began to change. I even contemplated ending my own life. And I think prayer brought me to the point where I realized what I was learning from mainstream medicine just wasn't true. I began to believe in this voice that was telling me there was something I could do. What he does is identify and address every person's contributor to their symptoms. It's just plain old common sense, and my experience shows me that it works. All right, so that sounded pretty promising and encouraging. So uh, let's take a minute and listen to one more uh, testimony from Dr. Bredesen's protocol. Let's listen up. I forgot to pick up my grandchildren twice, one morning in the morning for school, within a month period of time. I had two relatives die from it, really three relatives die from it, on both sides of my family. I knew I was at risk for it. I had a dread for it. I had all of the Dr. Bredesen's causes of Alzheimer's, and I think in my case, my Alzheimer's would have progressed very rapidly. The best thing about my Alzheimer's today is I have answers for it, and I have reversed it. And it is wonderful. I love life. I enjoy life. Well, there you go. Uh, you heard her say that she's reversed it. That's amazing to me. So this, to me, gives hope for people who are diagnosed with Alzheimer's. But I think it's important that you catch this thing early on. And here's a clip of Dr. Bredesen bringing home that point and also explaining 
how his protocol works and his approach. Listen up. We want to get people as early as possible. The earlier you come in, the earlier you start on the treatment, the better the outcome typically. We spent 30 years in the laboratory looking at what are the molecular mechanisms of neurodegeneration. Why do you get Alzheimer's so frequently? And how does this actually work? What are the things that are driving this process? And what we found is that the, what we call Alzheimer's disease is actually a protective response. It's really a protective downsizing response to multiple different insults. And so the whole point of the protocol is that in previous studies of Alzheimer's and treatments, people would always try to treat without understanding what's actually causing it. So they would give you a drug that doesn't have anything to do with why you have Alzheimer's disease. So after the research, for the first time, we were able to say, here are the things that actually drive this process. And you can see that what's at the heart of Alzheimer's disease is actually a molecular switch that is integrating and looking at all sorts of potential insults, and on the other hand, all sorts of potential positives. So we call this synaptoblastic, which are the things that are making synapses, and synaptoclastic, the things that are pulling them apart. And there's a beautiful balance that you have during your lifetime. As you begin to get older, you can have an imbalance just as you would with osteoporosis. Alzheimer's disease is very much of a synaptoporosis. You don't have the things. So if it's inflammation that can be from Borrelia, that can be from various organisms, that can be from leaky gut. If it is trophic loss, loss of nerve growth factor, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, hormones, nutrients, if it's glycotoxicity, so you have insulin resistance, or if it's toxicity from metallotoxins, organic toxins, or biotoxins, such as mycotoxins, these things are all contributors. So the whole purpose of the protocol is to identify all of the contributors, and we typically find that people have between 10 and 25. It's usually not one. And then we want to trigger and want to look at each of those and target each of those contributors. All right, so you get the sense that this guy is very thorough, and he really looks into the problem. And, you know, it's not like, oh, you know, we, the doctors and ourselves, we think, you know, just give me a pill, get rid of it, and let's move on with life. And that's not how it works, okay? And that's the approach of big pharma. They just want to put out a miracle pill and make a gazillion dollars. And um, regardless, if it's, if if it's going to help you or not, because, again, as I said in other episodes, there's no... Um, uh, there's no liability for if the drug uh, harms you or anything, or if it even works. So um, this guy really looked into it. Uh, he sounds like the real deal to me, but it sounds like it's going to be a complicated thing and probably cost you a little money, but it's worth it, isn't it? It's worth it to, you know, I mean, what's the alternative? You want to you wanna just fade away and, and drooling on yourself in the corner, or do you want to spend a little money, a little time, a little effort to get rid of this problem? And reverse it. All right, so I think you get the point. All right, so I'm going to take a little break. Uh, I'll be back in just a minute. Don't go away. Did you notice there's no advertisements on Deep Dive Radio? That's because I don't want corporate sponsors telling us what to say and what to cover. So that's why we rely on listeners like you for our funding on Deep Dive Radio. If you want to hear the truth that lies beneath the surface then go to deepdiveradio.com 
and donate now. All right, I'll get off the podium now. Anyway, if you want to learn more about um, Dr. Bredesen's protocol, uh, his website is Apollo Health. So it would be uh, ApolloHealthCo.com. So I'll repeat that, www.ApolloHealthCo.com. You know, it can't hurt to go there and see if it can help you. This is also for preventative uh, treatments. So if you're if you're a high risk, which we probably, you know, most a lot of us are, we can do things now so that we don't get it later. Okay, so um, let's move on now to the next doctor. This is Dr. Eric Berg, who has a great YouTube channel, has dedicated his uh, whole life to helping out with dementia because it, it runs his, it was in his family. His his mother in law had it, and and so he quit his practice to um, take the time to educate the masses on what we can do to prevent it and maybe reverse it. So let's hear what Dr. Eric Berg has to say about Alzheimer's. What I did is I started looking at alternative theories to Alzheimer's, okay? And I looked through a lot of data and I spent a lot of time with dead ends until I found an alternative theory that just makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of additional information that aligns with this theory. And this alternative theory is based on that Alzheimer's is a lysosome storage problem. Now, what is a lysosome storage problem? It's a little um, factory in the cell that helps you recycle and clean up garbage. So you have these lysosomes in your cells, you have them in your neurons. So apparently the garbage disposal recycler mechanism is broken. I mean, if you had no way of getting rid of your trash in your house and it started building up, it would eventually leave your house unlivable, okay? Because of the garbage, the toxicity. Well, that's exactly what's happening with Alzheimer's. So in this little lysosome, which is the garbage disposal recycler in your cells, you have the old damaged stuff, garbage, protein, damaged proteins, goes through this little mechanism. There's over 50 enzymes and acids that are dissolving and breaking things down, okay? And it spits out on the other side, these renewed building blocks. So your body can be very efficient and build new cells. This whole process is called autophagy. So autophagy is a condition in your body where you're recycling things. So now the question is, is there any data that backs this theory up? And the answer is yes. Um, it just so happens there's a very common mutation with a gene, a PSEN1, which if there's a problem, a mutation with that gene, you're going to have a big problem getting rid of the junk out of your cells. Okay. And apparently the mutation of this gene has for a long time been known to cause Alzheimer's. So that aligns with this theory as well. There's also a patent that I found, which I'm going to put all this stuff down below, which involves enhancing the function of your lysosomes. Okay. There are certain drugs that can be used to help improve or enhance this function of the lysosome. And so these are the two drugs right here. And this one decreases neurodegeneration. And this drug right here enhances neurogenesis. They're rebuilding the creation of new neurons. All right. So he didn't say the name of it. So I'll do that for you. 
The first one he mentions is isoproterenol, and the second is clenbuterol. Now, there, are there any studies that link autophagy to Alzheimer's? And yes, there is. There's quite a few. In fact, in these studies, it shows that Alzheimer's is a problem with autophagy. And then the question is, what would trigger autophagy? Well, this is where I'm going to go right now. But you have to realize that the most potent thing to trigger autophagy is fasting. And there's a tremendous amount of research showing that fasting improves Alzheimer's, okay? So a lot of these factors align with this theory. So to date, I think this right here is the most likely real cause of Alzheimer's. All right, so what does that mean in lay terms? It means your brain is getting filled up with garbage and your trash collector stopped coming around to pick it up. So now your brain's getting filled with all kinds of messy nonsense and you can't think anymore. So we got to clean it up. And how do we do that? Well, let's listen to what um, Dr. Eric Berg has to say further. Listen up. All right. So next question is, of course, for those people that don't like to take drugs because they're side effects, are there any natural versions of these drugs that could potentially enhance the lysosome? Well, yes, there are a lot of things you can do to enhance the lysosome function as well as autophagy. And the first thing you should know is what will induce autophagy is the lowering of glucose. That's a very potent trigger. So what does this lower glucose thing mean? It means low carb, no sugar. Okay. So the ketogenic diet, that would be number one. Number two, fasting. I already mentioned this. If I personally had Alzheimer's, okay, or, or my wife had Alzheimer's, I would get them, well, she's already on intermittent fasting, but I would get them on OMAD one meal a day. And every single week, I would do a 48-hour fast. All right, number three, I looked up and I found some fascinating research on how you can use certain herbs that have effects that enhance the lysosome, as well as increasing autophagy. And the number one thing that I found is curcumin that comes from turmeric. Amazing properties, not just for um, improving your cognitive function, I mean, it's, it's good for a lot of things, but it specifically improves and enhances the lysosome, which is fascinating. Number two, pine bark, specifically pycnogenol in pine bark has certain properties that can help enhance the lysosome. We also have the herb thunder god vine and green tea extract, okay? Specifically EGCG has significant effects of increasing autophagy. Omega-3 fatty acids, specifically DHA, has great effects increasing autophagy. I also found data on small chain fatty acids increase autophagy as well. And you get small chain fatty acids from your microbes. Your microbes make these fatty acids from the fiber you eat. And I'm talking about like salads so that fiber hits the microbiome. And then they make these small chain fatty acids, which are very similar in chemistry to ketones. So going on the ketogenic diet, reducing glucose, and also increasing these right here, increasing ketosis is the beneficial thing. Exercise is also another significant um, inducer of autophagy. So we want to include that. And then we have sleep, cruciferous vegetables, certain phytonutrients in extra virgin olive oil. Make sure you get the real stuff. And lastly, heat and cold therapy. So in summary, Alzheimer's is not about getting rid of plaque. It's about getting rid of the garbage that accumulates in the lysosome. And you do that by enhancing autophagy. Wow. 
That's really impressive information. It gives me hope. You know, I think it gives us all hope. I think the main problem I'm concerned about is mainstream medicine, trying to find a doctor that will adhere these uh, types of treatments for you, okay? So that's why I put together this uh, episode, so you can have somewhere to start. So if you go to the end of the episode, I have the resources for all three of these doctors listed. So um, good luck with that, okay? I wish you the best. So that's the good news. But there's a dark side to all of this and uh, how we got to this place with Alzheimer's in the first place. All right, so in the next segment, we're going to listen to a whistleblower, Dr. Matthew Schrag, who did an investigation to expose this evil and this dark side. All right, so before we listen to that, um, we're going to take a short break. But don't go away. Stay tuned, and I'll be right back. Did you notice there's no advertisements on Deep Dive Radio? That's because I don't want corporate sponsors telling us what to say and what to cover. So that's why we rely on listeners like you for our funding on Deep Dive Radio. If you want to hear the truth that lies beneath the surface, then go to deepdiveradio.com and donate now. Okay, I'm back. Uh, And now there's a dark side of this whole thing. And that's about two doctors that submitted their work to the FDA to get approval for a drug. But the photographs didn't look quite right. So that drew red flags for the scientific community, which in turn um, prompted an investigation. So now a whistleblower comes forward because he found many anomalies with the photographs that were presented to the FDA. All right. That's right. So let's listen to an interview with the whistleblower, Dr. Matthew Schrag on The Megyn Kelly Show. Listen up. So tell us what happened of note while you were taking a look at that drug. So this is outside of my work with Vanderbilt University. I was contracted by an attorney representing a number of scientists who had concerns that the data uh, that was used to justify moving this drug into clinical trials uh, had a, a pattern of artifacts in it that was concerning. And then one raised concerns that perhaps there was some manipulation of the data um, or, or research misconduct. And I was asked to come in and independently look at their concerns and to look at the papers uh, more broadly and, and give another independent voice um, regarding what the, the basic science data looked like. And what we found was a pervasive pattern of these red flags. And there's some limitations about what you can say just for from published information. And so it's very hard to conclusively uh, state that there's a fraud or that there's misconduct there, but certainly there is a pervasive pattern of, of things you wouldn't expect in the data. And I think journalists and photographers uh, look at a lot of the visual um, images the same way we do. The data um, that this company was producing ends with a photograph of an experiment and the photographs just didn't look natural. Um, and that was the starting point for us to say perhaps this needed a closer look and that some regulatory bodies should um, make a priority to review this, especially with patients being exposed to the drug. So you can tell this guy's a really intelligent man. And, you know, he was very smart with his words. He wasn't going to say, point his finger and say emphatically, that was fraud. He's smart, but I can say it. I can smell a rat when I see it. And that was emphatically a fraud. Okay, so with that statement, let me take you to an article that was written uh, back in July of 22. Uh, I'm on the website of um, 
alzheimersforum.org. And it reads, The Alzheimer's field was rocked this week by allegations against Sylvain Lesnay at the University of Minnesota, Minneapolis. Lesnay stands accused of manipulating data images in multiple papers, including his 2006 Nature paper identifying AB56 as a toxic oligomer associated with cognitive decline. The potentially altered images were found by neuroscientist Matthew Schrag at Vanderbilt University. Earlier this year, Schrag alerted the National Institutes of Health and UMN, as well as the journals that published the papers. Multiple investigations are ongoing. A July 21st science article by investigative journalist Charles Pilar broke the news to the field at large. Science Magazine conducted its own six-month investigation in which independent analysts agreed the images showed signs of tampering. Okay, so I should have mentioned earlier, the authors of these papers in question are Dr. Sylvain Lesnay, and his co-author is Karen Ash, with Lesnay being the main focus of interest here. All right, so let's listen to a little bit of Megyn Kelly's interview with this journalist, the scientific journalist, Charles Piller. Take a listen. I was able to give each of these scientists and forensic analysts the full Schrag dossiers on both the Simufalum case and also the Lesney work. And what I found is that every single scientist who evaluated these images and the forensic image analysts all agreed that his work was credible, it was well-supported, and it suggested the possibility of misconduct or, at the very least, terrible errors. So just to make it clear as to what he was talking about when he said his work, he was talking about uh, Schrag's work on the, the investigation of the fraud by Lisney. Okay? Okay, so in summary... Uh, this episode was all about there's hope for Alzheimer's, okay? People that have Alzheimer's disease, there's hope for you. And there's doctors that actually care and want to help. Now, they were being censored before, but now we're on to them, okay? And the other thing is that uh, we've exposed now, because we're not mainstream media, we're allowed to expose the corrupt big pharma and scientists that want to make you know, line their pockets with our money by lying. Those people are being exposed. So that's the good news. And my biggest hope is that if you have Alzheimer's disease, that the doctor you're seeing is aware of what's going on in the world and not just, you know, going about his business, just doing what he needs to do to get by. I hope he's one of those people that looks into things and pays attention and cares about his patients. And a last thought here. You know, I know you're afraid, but use that fear. Use that fear and determination to get to the bottom of it and have the best life you can have from here to four. Take care, my friend. Resources for this episode are from the following. If you'd like to learn more about Dr. Bredesen's work, he has three books, The End of Alzheimer's, The End of Alzheimer's Program, and The First Survivors of Alzheimer's. And you can find them on his website, www.apollohealthco.com. And you can find Dr. Eric Berg's work at www.drberg.com. 
And finally, you can find Dr. Matthew Schrag's work at schraglab.com. Good luck and so long now. Did you notice there's no advertisements on Deep Dive Radio? That's because I don't want corporate sponsors telling us what to say and what to cover. So that's why we rely on listeners like you for our funding on Deep Dive Radio. If you want to hear the truth that lies beneath the surface, go to deepdiveradio.com and donate now.